Welcome to the Habesha Finance Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial independence and overcome your money problems. I'm Matt, bringing you the education and tools to help you get your life back, build wealth, and make a difference. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Habesha Finance Podcast. I'm Matt, your host, and just want to say, glad to have you here. Join me on this episode. Now, it's going to be a little bit different in these next two episodes. I'm actually going to share with you an interview that I did with Hannah Joy TV, a platform, a media platform that basically promotes positivity and spreads and in raising you know awareness to different causes throughout the world. And um, I had the pleasure, I had the honor actually of being interviewed on her platform, Hannah Joy, uh, with regards to personal finance and financial topics. And so I'm actually going to split this podcast into two parts. So you'll get to hear the first half on this ep- on this week. And then next week, you'll be able to hear the other half of that interview. And there's a lot of great information, great content, I think. And so hopefully you have your pen and pad ready and you're able to take notes. Also, come check us out on YouTube. I am on YouTube. I stream live Tuesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time as of right now. And so we're talking about all things personal finance, financial news, anything related to what's happening with the stimulus checks, unemployment. And it's just a great time that I think a lot of people on you know online are all coming to uh, be part of this live stream. And I think if you want to come and ask your questions about investing, budgeting, whatever personal finance topic or question that you have, please feel free to come by, drop a question, just say, hey, I found, I, I, you know, I heard you on the podcast and I'm here from the podcast. That would be so awesome to see that. So I'll talk to you all next week. Let's get to the episode and the interview that I did with Hannah Joy TV, promoting positivity through financial freedom. We are so honored to be joined by another special guest today. Today's community conversation is called Promoting Positivity Through Financial Freedom. And we are joined by our brother here, Matt Gebra. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Hannah. I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, thank you for being here. Just for those of you who are tuning in, this virtual chat will touch on personal finances. It's going to touch on financial freedom and education. And we have someone here today. I'm just going to read a little bit about his bio so you all know who we're talking to um, today. And thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for spending your evening with us or your morning, wherever you are watching this from. And, you know, we also want to send you love and light. We know that these are challenging times for everyone. And so wherever you are, just know that we're sending you a big hug and lots of positive vibes. So a little bit about Matt Gebra. Matt Gebra is a husband, a father, an analyst, and the owner of Habesha Finance. Habesha Finance and Matt Gebra are all about helping people on their financial freedom journey with the right education and tools. The Habesha Finance YouTube channel was created to inspire progress with videos that help people learn, earn, and inspire. As a first-generation American and a child of Ethiopian and Eritrean immigrants, Matt's mission is to inspire progress as people navigate through life in America and the diaspora at large. Get ready to live with purpose, build wealth, and make a difference. That is one of Matt's catchphrases. And you can subscribe to his channel on YouTube at Habesha Finance. And Matt also happens to be my amazing big brother. So we are so honored to have you join us again. Thank you, Matt, for being here with us. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Hannah. I appreciate it. So it's let's it's an honor to be here. 
Oh, we're honored to have you. So let's dive right into it. You know, we, um, you know, we're thinking about obviously those being impacted. You yourself have been impacted. Everybody's been impacted by COVID-19. Can you talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, how you've been impacted by COVID-19, both prof professionally um, and personally as it, as it comes to financial perspective? Um, yeah, definitely. And, you know, first, I just want to express uh, deep gratitude for all of the frontline workers and everyone who is um, just putting the time in, um, police officers, everyone, um, you know, just people out there who are um, helping people, co coming to calls, just answering the call of helping our country and helping the world really um, at large, um, the doctors, the nurses, um, the people working at the stores who are still showing up to work day in, day out. Um, really, those are the people right now who, if you have a friend or you know somebody who is in that kind of space, in that kind of uh, work field, then it's good to reach out to help them out, support them, whatever you can do. Um, and so I just kind of want to start just by saying that, that um, we thank you for everything that those folks are doing right now. Absolutely. Um, um, but um, in addition to that, uh, just on a personal level, you know, nothing much has changed. Um, I, I'm at home every day now. And so a lot of uh, the, the schedules and everything, I get to see how it is like on a 24-7 basis. And I have learned to respect and love my wife even more because of all the things I see that she does. Um, I do get to work from home here periodically. But now it's just nonstop. It's it's every day until our work brings us back in, um, and so that's kind of been a little bit of a change, which I'm thankful for. You know, I'm I'm hugely blessed to be able to do that because I get to spend time with my wife. I get to spend time with my my children, and it's just a blessing uh, for me, a blessing in disguise, really, uh, because um, at work we did experience like a, a, a pay reduction, um, but that's you know when you compare that to the opportunity to work from home, spend time with the family, be there to see the kids on a daily basis. And it, it, you can't compare. I can't compare like the pay reduction versus um, that opportunity to be able to um, spend time with them. And um, on a financial level, now this experience has truly reinforced um, this idea, this belief I have around um, achieving financial freedom. And it's not just about being uh, financially free. It's not about getting there, but it's it's not about being there already, but it's about um, the process and getting on that path to financial freedom, working toward financial independence, because along the way, you know, you're going to be doing the things necessary to make yourself ready for times like this. Um, at least you'll be more, at least you'll be better equipped to handle situations like we're in right now where people are not working for months, weeks, um, at a time. And if you start exercising some of the things that we'll be talking about that I'll be sharing here today, then, um, for, you know, God forbid the next kind of situation like this that happens. Um, but we know sometimes these things do happen and, um, at least hopefully people watching, people listening will be better equipped, better prepared, um, be like compared to this, this current time that we're in, which is a very challenging, difficult time. Uh, for many people, family and friends um, that are close to us as well. Yeah, um, we yeah. I mean, you know, you you already touched on some things just about 
being able to prepare ourselves right for times like this. And you mentioned, you know, with the job situation, thankfully, you know, you are you are still able to maintain you work full time and you manage, you know, your personal blog and platform. And that's just to me so inspiring how you're able to juggle all that in addition to, you know, being a husband and amazing father and community member that you are. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But, you know, we. Um, we just want to check in with you all too, to so everybody who's tuning in. Again, this is a conversation about you know pursuing financial freedom. We're going to be sharing education, tips, and tools so that we all can sort of um, you know uh, learn more about managing our finances and hopefully do a, a better job throughout this uh, throughout these times that we're living in. So, if you are tuning in, I would love to know what city, what state, what country you're tuning in from. Go ahead and just drop that location, drop that city, that country, and just give us a wave, give us a heart, give us something just to check in. We're going to do a check-in at the end to see, you know, all the wonderful people we have here today. And also, if you have any questions, you can go ahead and write that out in the comment section, and we'll try to get to some of those as well at the end, um, depending on how much time we have. So, yeah, so let's let's get into the mission of Habesha Finance. What is this all about? Tell us when it started and congratulations on some of the success that you've already been able to reach in terms of how it's impacted so many people. Yeah. Um, so first, you know, I have to put this disclaimer out that I'm not a financial professional. I'm not a tax professional. I'm not a legal professional. So anything heard here today is for educational and entertainment purposes uh, only. And um, obviously personal finance is personal. So some of the advice or things you hear in this video, in this uh, interview, it may not be something that you agree with, and that's okay. I think we all can, we all understand that um, this personal finance journey, this financial freedom journey looks different for everyone. It, there is no like cookie cutter, um, you know, way of getting to financial freedom. However, um, I'm, I have this opportunity to share some of the things that my wife and I have done and some of our journey and some of, you know, our story. So I'm thankful to be able to, to share that. Um, so got that out of the way. <laughs> now, um, I graduated from Georgia Tech in 2009. Georgia Tech is a university here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I graduated with a civil engineer, engineering degree. I also graduated with a, with $40,000 attached um, to that degree, $40,000 of uh, student loans. And um, I didn't work right out being an engineer, a civil engineer. Um, it was in the 2009 year. And if uh, some, yeah, I don't know if you're old enough to remember, Hannah, but uh, 2008, 2009 was uh, just an economic recession. Um, jobs were scarce. It was very difficult for people in my class in my year to find a job because it, it was just the most ridiculous thing where companies, I was, we were literally applying for jobs and they were asking us for, um, you know, entry level jobs. And they were asking us uh, if you have any work experience. And I'm like, no, this is an entry level job that I'm applying for. How am I supposed to have work experience? And um, long story short, um, I was in my last year of college, I found a uh, part-time job that I was working as a uh, baggage handler for an airlines and um, basically continued on that job, continued in that job, in that role for like a year after graduating because I just couldn't find a job. And part of me was a little bit lazy maybe because I just, I gave up maybe too early, but you know, um, it just, things have a way of working itself out when you just, you know, show up to work and you keep working hard and you keep putting the time in. And so, um, after, after that, I found my way through the company moving up and, um, blessed today to still be with that same company and, um, just be on our path, be on the path to financial freedom. So 
like I said, with that degree came the $40,000 of student loan debt. And even though I kept moving up in the company, my income kept increasing, um, any thought of paying my debt off, any thought of paying my car note off, any thought of paying my student loans off was not in my head at all. It was just in the back of my mind. I was just thinking like, oh, I'm making this money. I'm going to spend it on clothes. I'm going to spend it on um, this car that I just le- that, that I um, just signed up for, you know, this car note and uh, so many different things. I moved to L.A., I moved to Philly and just was just living a life that was that I couldn't afford. And um, obviously, um, this, this, there was a rude awakening eventually, you know, and um, and that happened to for me, like after, you know, getting married and then finally um, um, just being seeing my daughter and like it during that time that we found out that my wife was pregnant um 2017 or 2016 i'm sorry um we were like wait a minute um we're gonna have a baby and we've got to figure out exactly how we're going to be able to afford to to feed this baby how we're going to be able to afford um medical visits how we're going to be able to afford the actual delivery of the baby you know and so all that to say like that really woke me up. That really kind of got the ball rolling on um, Habesha Finance, on this personal finance uh, mission to achieve financial freedom, not just for me, but for others as well, who were kind of in that same mindset of, I've never really been taught the, the personal finance issues. I've never been taught how to invest. I've never been taught how to budget, how to manage my money properly. Um, let me just dig deep. Let me just start, do a dive deep, uh, deep dive into these topics and start learning and start just kind of um, taking in everything. So I went down this rabbit hole and my wife will tell you when I started, I never looked back and I started learning so many different topics, so many different um, educational, uh, you know, knowledge, gaining so much knowledge that really helped me and my wife um, just get on our own path, on our own version of what it looks like to be on our way to uh, financial freedom. So um, so I do have a message for those high school graduates who are ready to go to college, you know, and, and if you're not going to college, if you're going into the workforce or if you're going to the military, that's cool, too. That's awesome. Um, and, and this message still applies to you as well. Um, but, you know, if you're graduating high school um, this year and you're getting ready to go to college, please get um, what it was I going to say. I was going to say um, you get that four year degree and make sure you get it debt free. Okay. It's easy to under, to remember that for your degree better be debt free because you don't want to graduate and be in a situation like I was. And like so many people ahead of you were because graduating with a four year degree, not even a doctorate or not even like graduating medical school that, that I understand medical school, law school, you know, these, these, um, higher levels of education. Sometimes you have to get your, you know, get student loans to be able to afford, that education because there is an expectation of an income. But when you're graduating with a four-year degree, like I did in 2009, I did have an expectation that I was going to get a job right away, but that did not happen. And so I ended up, you know, working this part-time job that was paying like nine bucks an hour. And I had an engineering degree that was not being put to use. And so my message to high school students, if you're on the brink of going to a college where you're going to have to pay $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 a year. Um, Your parents are trying to figure out a way 
to pay for that. Look, they have retirement to think about. They have so many other financial obligations they have to think about. Now, if you're going off to college and you're getting it a free ride, that's awesome. That that I I definitely um, have no problem with. But if you're going trying to go to out of state because you don't want to be close to home, that's a, a t- for me personally, my opinion, that's a terrible mistake. That's going to cost you a lot of pain and troubles and money at the, at, at the end of the year, you know, at the end of your four years or five years, it's just going to cost you more than you thought. So um, that's my message to high school students and then college graduates. Hopefully you're going to graduate debt free, but if not, you know, don't be afraid to work, you know, like don't be afraid to work. Bottom line, um, you, you have an opportunity if you're going to graduate debt free, hopefully, to go back and live with your parents. Hopefully you have an opportunity to get an apartment with three or four friends where you pay like $300 a month or $400 a month. So that way you can focus on your student loans. That way you can focus on any credit card uh, debt that you have and take that opportunity to just get rid of it as early as possible um, after you graduate. Because the last thing you want is for interest to keep, to start building and to start accumulating on all that debt and just be in that, that $10,000 debt that you thought was just $10,000 is going to have a little bit extra because of interest, um, that you haven't, because you haven't been paying that off, um, in a timely manner as quickly as, as possible. So for college graduates, um, please try your best to pay off your student loan debt as quickly as possible. If you have any, um, don't expect another thing. Don't expect the government to bail you out. Um, it, I, I, you know, I've never seen, I don't think anybody's ever seen the government bail anybody out for student loans. It's just one of those things that has never really been on, you know, the, the, the hierarchy or on the level, the top level of who's going to get a bailout. And honestly, if you think about it, you borrowed that money, you know, whether you, whether you realize it or not, or accept it or not, that's your responsibility. Um, because you borrowed that money to get your education. And I was naive. I was ignorant when I was signing on the line to, to, to take those student loans, but it was still my responsibility. I was an 18 year old kid who, who had the ability to get into an engineering school. So I should have been more, uh, prepared and, and just, you know, aware of what I was signing. That was, that was on me, you know? Uh, but I will say like, try your best to, to get out of college debt-free, try your best to avoid credit cards for some time when you graduate um, college and, and just have a plan, try to come up with a plan. So that way, you know, you know, you where, where you're headed. Um, that's, that's, that's you know, <laughs> a little bit of a message for the, the students out there. Yeah. And that's so important. And um, I know we're going to get into messages for families and, you know, older adults as well uh, as we move on into this conversation, but I'm so glad you shared that because you know, there's um, these times that we're living in are unprecedented. And I know that in some ways, you know, you experienced, like you said, you know, in 2009, when you came out, it was really hard to find work. But I appreciate that story of you sharing how you took on a job as a you know baggage handler for an airline and then you worked your way up to where you are now. And I think that's a message that can resonate with all of us. You know, you never know what opportunity can lead you into um, different directions. And then also you mentioned this rude awakening that you had. You know, sometimes we need that for you. It was your first daughter that was about to come into this world. Right. And for Mm -hmm. some of us, it's going to look like different things. It may not look like a child, but it may look like something else. And so whatever that rude awakening is, you know, really. Um, lean into that and see how we can overcome 
you know, um, overcome that lack of education. And so I think that all these things you mentioned, how you've never been taught these things growing up. So many of us can can relate to that. So many people in this chat right now, this is not a conversation we have in middle school and high school. And then it should be taught, right. should be, you know, preached in high school. Like you said, you were 18 years old, signing that dotted line, not knowing exactly what you were even doing, you know? So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I would also echo exactly what you said, but also even um, for those listening, don't be afraid to get that support. Don't be afraid to reach out to, you know, people out there with these financial literacy blogs and even your school mm -hmm. counselors or, you know, I, I hardly ever visited my school counselor unless I was in trouble, mm -hmm. but you know, I hardly ever did that. So I really encourage you all to, you know, reach out, talk to your student counselors, talk to loan, um, you know, people who are familiar with loans and get that education that you need so you can better navigate that space. And speaking of navigating spaces like that, yeah. You do that through your channel, right? You do that through your YouTube channel. You cover everything from messages like you just gave to students to families, working families, um, you know, people on a, unemployment. Can you tell us about some of the topics that you cover on your platform, Habesha Finance, and what some of the reception has been, some of the positive feedback you've gotten? Yes. Um, so YouTube is is uh, very interesting. You know, anyone can get on YouTube and start talking about anything. And everything, and and um, this is a, a very big responsibility, a dangerous responsibility, I would say, because uh, people will watch and make choices based on what you say and what you do. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, you know, I, I try to focus on the education aspect of uh, personal finance and just sharing like personal testimonies of us on our path to uh, financial freedom. And so I use my experiences as an example of what to do and what not to do. Um, so if you want to know about the time I bought a house when I was 22, literally the day before I graduated college, I um, closed on a house. And remember this was 2009, so it was a recession time. So I'm not advising this, I'm not recommending this at all to anyone out there, okay? But I remember um, taking a student loan just to be able to buy this house that was in, you know, the city of Atlanta. And it wasn't even more than, it wasn't even more than $10,000. It was, it was very much less than that. And so I did that thinking I had an opportunity and really at the, at the end of the day, this, this house ended up becoming more of a burden than a blessing. And I really, and I quickly learned that I'm just not the type of person for, um, real estate or flipping houses or whatever uh, you want to call it, you know, buying homes and selling them. Yeah. Uh, that just, that wasn't something that I did, but I saw that as an opportunity and, and, you know, sometimes opportunities will present themselves or disguise themselves, you know, um, as that, as an opportunity, but really it's not an opportunity. It's a distraction. That's what people, you know, um, sometimes fall for. We sometimes we fall for these, uh, uh distractions, but, um, I've, I share that information. I share that knowledge on YouTube. I share some of the stuff that um, I talk about, you know, as far as personal finance education, saving for retirement, saving for your child's education, 529 plans. Um, and then even right now, because there's a lot of people that are talking about these topics right now, we hear it all the time, the stimulus checks, right? Unemployment benefits. And it's it's amazing to see just how much um, something you say on YouTube can have an impact on someone. Like, just today and just the last few days, people have been commenting and saying, wow, you know, I started this business um, last year that ended up shutting down because of what's been happening with COVID-19. And then I came across your video and then I didn't realize that I was eligible to receive uh, what's called pandemic unemployment assistance, mm -hmm. which is 
the program that's in place right now to be able to provide unemployment to um, 1099 uh, contract, 1099 employees, uh, self-employed people, the people who are gig workers, driving Uber, driving Lyft, doing DoorDash, babysitters, like uh, all these people, taxi drivers, you know, like especially in the Habesha community, the Ethiopian and Eritrean community, um, man, we have a lot of dads, we have a lot of parents who are driving a taxi cab. And right now they will probably could, you know, could apply for unemployment insurance, but many of them don't know that. And hopefully the, the word, the, the message has already spread through, you know, um, the country here in the U.S. Um, that, hey, you know, if you're not working, please go to your state's uh, Department of Labor website and put in an application for unemployment because you're probably going to be approved. Um, and and don't worry about like if you haven't worked the last few weeks or the last few months, because guess what? Because you were unemployed during that time, as soon as when, you know, uh, President Trump and our nation declared it an emergency and put it into law, you're eligible for all that back pay as well. So just because you apply today, you also could receive some of that back pay from like, you know, I think uh, March 29th. So it's really important. March, the end of March, early April, you could receive all that back pay. So if you're missing that, if, if you're concerned, like, hey, would I be eligible or would I not? Just hop over to the YouTube channel that I have. I talk about some of that stuff, some of that information. Um, and I try to do it in a way that's like not biased or not, you know, um, saying negative things. I just like you, like your platform, Hanna, you know, you talk about positivity and I try to do that, um, with, with, a you know, through financial education. Um, so hopefully, um, that's something that, uh, people yeah. will, will benefit from. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. People are benefiting it from benefiting from it. We know people directly who have, you know, shared their testimonies with us about how your videos have inspired them and impacted them. So I just first of all, I want to say thank you for educating so many people. And if you're tuning into this and you are interested in learning more about um, some of those benefits that he mentioned through an unemployment, please visit his YouTube channel, Habesha Finance. And I know a lot of yours uh, videos focus on Georgia. Um, because, of course, that's where you are. But you do have general information there as well for people across the states. And it's very important that you um, make sure to tap into um, your state's information as well, because sometimes it's going to be different. But it is different based on the state. Yep. So definitely check that out. But, yeah, we can't say thank you enough for all that free education that you are providing for us. So thank you once more. Um, so, yeah, I want to take it into a different direction. Mm -hmm. Earlier you had mentioned, right, when you were giving some advice, um, sort of being humble, right? I want you to share your story because it is time that we hear you and your beautiful wife, Saba, who is tuning in right now. Mm -hmm. Shout out to that queen. Um, she is just so incredible. You both are. But you two conquered more than $250,000 in debt. Two children of immigrants who came here with no money, no English. Here you two somehow get together. I mean, what what are the secrets? How did y'all do that? Can we please rewind back and share some steps that helped you all conquer more than 250K in debt together? Yeah. So uh, it's it's quite a story um, just because of we never thought that we would be able to achieve that, you know. And like I said, around the year 2016, when we got married and then uh, we found out that, you know, we were going to have our baby and have our daughter, beautiful daughter, um, 10 months later, 11 months later, uh, it was very, uh, nerve wracking. Cause we were just like, what are we going to do? How are we going to afford this delivery? And then just life started happening for us in a, in a different way. There's nothing, you know, getting married is, is, is like, 
um, that first step for me was that first step for me to really to, to start becoming more responsible with myself. And then realizing that a child was getting ready to come into your life was like the next big step that really took it to the next level because now you there is this going to be this life that you have to take care of and so that really just woke woke something up inside me um and interestingly uh before we got married my wife and i took uh premarital counseling and um something that i talk about and recommend to anyone who is getting ready to get married or um, i know uh and and i forgive me because i know like during this time like many weddings are getting pushed back. And so I'm, I'm truly sorry for a lot of those people who are experiencing that. Even us personally, we know five, four or five close friends who, who are getting ready to, um, you know, who are postponing their weddings and, and I, my heart goes out to them. And I just hope like, you know, this be an opportunity to just save more, learn more about each other and just be thankful. Like you are still together and that you still have your health and that there's, you still have a whole life ahead of you. Um, that you can look forward to spending with each other. Um, but, um, and, and I just want to mention that part, but um, Thank you. when I was looking back at our premarital classes, they were talking about finances. They were talking about just different things. You know, how are you going to react to your in-laws? Who, who, how are you going to, you know, interact with them? When do we, whose house do we go to for, you know, Christmas? Whose house do we go to for uh, Thanksgiving, but for a Havasha household, for Ethiopian Eritrean household, you know, we, we go to both houses every Thanksgiving, every, every Christmas, we make it work. You know, um, that's what we try to do. Even with three kids, three kids under two, we were still doing that. Um, but as I digress, uh, I, w- I want to mention all those things because, um, the premarital counseling gave us a, an int- a preview into what to expect for our finances. And so that, along with being exposed to the different financial websites, bloggers like um, like like Dave Ramsey, for instance, um, different people out there, uh, one guy named Paul Merriman, and I'll, I'll share some of those links with you. These people who talk about investing and saving. Um, there's also this thing called Choose FI, the Choose Financial Independence. It's it's a great place for people to. Um, just to learn about even more about the topics of financial independence. And so I started going down this rabbit hole and I realized like we needed to get rid of this debt quickly because my wife graduated from law school. I graduated from an engineering school together. We had over $250,000 of student loan debt and we didn't know how we were going to pay that off. We, we thought maybe we would just keep it for 30 years. Don't worry about it. Just pay the minimums, you know, just as, as normal people do, you know, just pay, pay as we go. And so once we realized and we started doing some calculations, we, we looked at all the numbers. I think that's um, another part that really clicks for people is when you see and start calculating and doing the numbers yourself. So we went, you know, you can just type in like student loan, payoff calculator go google g-o-o-g-l-e.com just google it student loan payoff calculator and what we found was that for our you know if you if we were looking at the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt and we were just going to pay the minimum on that each month for the next 30 years we would be paying three hundred thousand dollars in interest and that's 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 three hundred thousand dollars of interest on top of the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt, mm. and so um, that was a rude awakening for me. And then I showed it to my wife, and she was like, "Oh no, we got to take care of this. We got to figure something out." 
And so we became aggressive. My wife was a big saver. She was, she was a really, she's always been a great saver. Um, I, I don't, I'm sure she got that from her parents. Um, she, she just had, you know, a decent sized chunk of, of savings in her bank. And um, when we started learning about this whole thing called the debt snowball that uh, Dave Ramsey preaches about, that talks about, we really said to ourselves, okay, so you've got this big savings, babe. Let's let's try to see if we can take like half of it and throw it at the debt. And I never saw like her look so mad or look so upset, look so scared. Like, are you sure? Like, are you really going to do this? And we took a step out of faith. You know, we took a leap of faith on it. And I mean, we prayed about all this stuff. We prayed about like our finances. We pray about our marriage. We pray about our kids. We pray about our, our parents. Every Everything like that is part of our lives. We prayed about. And that includes our finances. And I'm not kidding you. When we did that, God, like personal, my, my personal testimony is like God just started showing us different opportunities to keep paying off that debt in, a, in a, an aggressive manner um, in ways that we never thought like a random bonus check would come in for for my wife or something would happen. And then, you know, remember that house I talked about, right? Um, that house became an opportunity to sell because I like I said, I learned quickly that I just don't don't like dealing with, you know, buying a house, selling a house, living houses. That's great for people who who love doing that. Uh, but I learned quickly that wasn't I'm not one of those people. And so what that what ended up happening was I sold my house. Yeah, I sold my house. And then we took that money and threw it at the debt. So the debt snowball, the the idea of getting out of debt in an aggressive way um, takes your like like uncomfort. It makes you a little bit uh, discomfort. And it's a very uncomfortable feeling to have. But I think when you talk about financial, you know, situations and and something like debt, you've got to feel uncomfortable because I think that tells you that gives you that uh, sign that you are moving in the right direction when um, you're doing that. And I know during this time, I'll tell we'll talk about it right now. But during this time, it, that this is not the time to do that because it's a pandemic and things are uncertain. You know, I don't I don't encourage anyone to be as aggressive um, with their debt, like we were, um, paying off our debt. But, um, because we did it the way we did, we go, we went from potentially paying $300,000 of interest on top of the $250,000. We went from $300,000 down to about 17, $18,000 of interest that we paid in that two year span. And so when you look at this, you're taking a two year, you're taking two years of your life. Okay. People, you're taking two years of your life, three years of your life, and you're going to sacrifice just a little bit of, of everything you're doing, buying a house, rushing to do this and rushing to do that. We lived at my mom's house for like a year uh, while we were doing this. We were paying $500, you know, rent uh, to my mom to help. It wasn't as much as what she gave. You know, my mom gave us like so much during that time, uh, but she knew our goals. She knew our plans and 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 she supported us and and she was there for us. Um, but we were just like very focused and we were uh, so aggressive. And so, I, you know, it's funny because I left my mom's the moment, the day I got married, I left my mom's house, um, you, you know, and then we looked at everything. We said, wait a minute, we need to come back. And so I came back to my mom's house. I left my mom's house single and I came back to my mom's house uh, married. How old were you? How old were you at this point? Hmm? About how old were you at this point? Just so everyone knows, you know, oh, your age. Uh, yeah, the, 2016. So I was uh, 32. I think I was like 32, uh, 31. 32, years old, 32 yeah. years old, moving back in with your mom, yeah. and your wife. Yep. Yep. And so um, 
it, it's very interesting um, to, to think about this kind of thing because people want to grow up, people want to be independent, people want to start living their lives. And if, if you have no debt, I mean, that's so great. I'm happy for you. But if you find yourself in a similar type of situation, I hope you have people you can rely on and lean on and um, and and use opportunities like ours, like we had to go back to my mom's house or you go back to your parents' house for some time. Like it's, it's, it's something that is actually not very um, rare. It's, it's a pretty common thing. It's just in certain communities, it just is, is frowned upon or like there's just this level of uh, there's maybe possible a stigma possibly, you know, that, oh, you're going back to live with your mom. Like that's, that's, that, that's not really cool. That's, that's kind of embarrassing. Right. But I'm telling you, it was not embarrassing. What's, what, what's not embarrassing is being debt free. And, and I hope like people understand like being debt free is not embarrassing and it's a beautiful um, blessing that I, I really hope people watching will work at hard and at least are, are there to achieve, you know, can achieve themselves. Mm, wow. I hope you all are hearing this. I hope you all are taking this in right now. I know we have so many people in the chat that are tuning in just to let you know some of the people we have in here today. We got people from Atlanta, Cincinnati. We have people from Washington, D.C. We have uh, some people in here from Chicago. We have some people in here from Virginia. Um, you know, we got people all around. So thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to drop your cities, you know, drop your comments, drop your questions in there. I do see we have a few questions in there, which we'll get in to at the end here. I see we have people from Florida as well. So shout out to everybody who's in this chat right now. We're hoping that this can uh, give you guys some tools, some education, some information about, um, you know, really, really, really pursuing this uh, journey of becoming uh, of becoming um, financially free and and living this journey yeah. of financial and, and if i might add if i might add um like that experience of paying off that debt just opened up the doors to the next part of our life which was you know um uh, you know after a year of living with my mom moving out and we did rent an apartment for about a year before we um, moved into our own home uh, but we were very focused on making sure that we bought a house um with the education that Dave Ramsey talks about. Um, if anybody ever wants to know about a book that like I read the, his book, the total money makeover in five days. And that book was very eye, eye opening. Um, some things I didn't necessarily agree with some things I wasn't, you know, very fond of or whatever, but in the sense of like getting out of debt, I don't think there's anyone better who explains it, who talks about it than him. And um, what that ended up doing when we got out of paying all those student loans, what, that opened up the door was to buy our house. And if I may say, like, it's really important for people to understand, especially if you're young and you're growing up, um, to just take the opportunity to uh, know what your uh, uh, financial, you know, uh, uh, what can I say, status is, your financial status is, what can you afford? How much house can you afford? It's really important when you get down to like the nitty gritty and you get down to the details, like we were very focused on putting 20% down for our house. And we were also focused on getting a 15 year mortgage. And we were also focused on making sure that our monthly payment for the mortgage for the house was not going to be more than um, 20, 25% of our overall income. And so you say, wow, okay. Like, how does that work then? You know, like, how am I supposed to make that happen? Well, you've got to figure out how much how much house you can afford. 
if if those numbers don't line up, maybe your house, the house you're trying to get is a little bit too expensive. Maybe you need a bigger down payment, which means you might have to stay in an apartment for a little bit. You might have to live with mom and dad for a little bit. And I know there are certain scenarios, certain situations where you have a family and you just you you're in a very difficult situation, maybe in an apartment or where you're living and you have to move into a house. I I get that, you know. For 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 us growing up, we we were living in um, in government subsidized housing, and we had to move out because the high school that um, we were supposed to go to was not going to be a good high school. And my mom took it upon herself to um, move into a house in a better school district for me and my sister. So I understand that. But if you are in a situation where you can afford to wait a year or two years just to be able to save that twenty percent down, get a fifteen year mortgage. Um, get clean up some of your credit, you know, pay off some of the, the other debts that you have so you can boost your credit up because with that, you'll be eligible for a better interest rate. Then uh, personally, that's what I would say to do, you know, wait a year, give yourself a year, two years um, before you just rush into buying a house there. You want to be able to afford the house. You want the house to be a blessing, not a curse. And I just want to tell people like, like what we're talking about is achievable, you know, um, I, I love this quote that I, is very important for personal finance and financial freedom as well. And it's what Will Smith said about building a wall. What he said was, you don't set out to build a wall. You don't say, I'm going to build the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. You don't start there. You say, I'm going to lay this brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. You do that every single day. And soon you have a wall. The same thing can be applied to with your personal finance, your financial freedom journey. You don't build wealth. You don't buy a house. You don't do it just in one day. It ha everything, it's all about like small little actions that are going to build up and build up and build up. And it, those are those bricks. Each of those bricks is build a wall, help build wealth, helping you build that um, financial freedom dream that you have. And so I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. And I understand there are some people who are going to get there faster than you, but that doesn't mean you can't do this. You have to change your mindset, fix your attitude. If you can learn to live on less than, if you can learn to save, if you can learn to invest and spend wisely, then you can definitely achieve financial freedom that feels impossible. You can do this because it's not about achieving it right now. It's not about achieving it today. The mindset that my wife and I have, it's it's going to take 20, 30, 40 years for us to 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 achieve. But along the way, we're we're getting there. We see the fruits of our labor. We see everything that's happening um, with that. And I and I'm thankful for that. And let me tell um, the young people right now too, if if you're in if you have an opportunity when, you know, if you're working or if uh, you're wondering, like, should I invest while I'm paying off my debt? Should I do this? And should I do that? You know, the the, the greatest, uh, one of the greatest lessons or one of the greatest messages I got early on when I was working for the company that, I, that I'm with today, I've been with uh, for 11 years, um, this guy in Philadelphia, he was, a, he was one of the old heads. He was like 60 years old at the time. I don't know. Um, but he looked at me and, and uh, he was like, Matt, are you, are you saving your for retirement? And I had no idea. I had not even done any kind of saving. I was like 23 years old. So this was like almost, yeah, this was 10 years ago. I had no idea. Um, and he was talking about a 401k and he was telling me this and that. And then he finally said something that kind of stuck with me that I never forgot. And he said, Matt, listen to me, you've got to start saving now. So I'm 23 years old. I'm like, what are you talking about? You've got to start saving 
and you have to save until it hurts. And I was like, what do you mean by, and he was explaining like, you've got to cut as much as you can down and just start saving as much as you can right now. Of course, live your life, enjoy, um, you know, donate and, and support causes that you care about along the way. Um, but if, if, if you're asking me like, Hey Matt, um, you know, do you need to, do you want to go buy like 10, 10 new pieces of clothes or, you know, 10 new shoes and all this, I'm going to tell you, no, I'm that's, that's not really my style. You know, personally, I'm the kind of person that I'm, I'm content with having like the wardrobe that I have and not having to, to buy new stuff or buy new things or uh, upgrade my car. I'm still, I'm still driving my 2007 Scion TC that has like over 200 something thousand miles on it. It's paid off. Okay. And I'm perfectly content with driving that car. I'm perfectly content with living this kind of life um, because it's not some, it, it's not, um, it's not adding to my overall wealth. It's not adding to my f personal financial goals. And like I said, everyone has their own group dreams. Everyone has their own goals. And if you're someone who, who likes to buy nice things, that's, that's, that's for you. That's, I, I respect that. That's fine. I would just encourage people who are like that to make sure like, how's your net worth looking? You know, is, do you have more assets than your liabilities? Is your net worth positive? Is it really, really, really positive or is it really negative? And that's when we need to start peeling back some of the things that um, may be keeping you from truly building wealth, you know, having a positive net worth. So I just wanted to add that part um, to, to what I just said. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you're giving us so much great stuff here. And um, I mean, you've hit on so many things, even in that last segment, you know, just from your humility and your vulnerability and sharing with us, right, of not being ashamed that you lived with with mom for, you know, a year or two with your wife, right, bringing a wife home. And, and I just I have respect for you, because I think sometimes in our generation, we're ashamed to share those kinds of things, or we, you know, we're embarrassed, but you're right, you know, there's nothing wrong with leaning on those around you, whether you have parents or friends, or cousins or anything like that, being able to lean on the support around you. And then, you know, you talked about marriage counseling, how you and your wife were able to come together um, and talk about, you know, um, your situation, right? You have to discuss those things. I'm not married, married, but from what I can learn from you and other people is that you do have to talk things out. And finances is one of the, the things that you have to talk about. So thank you for hitting on that. Thank you for sharing that message. And also you talked about, um, you know, paying off you know, paying off the paying the minimum on loans and how that can hurt us, right? Whether that's loans or credit card debt. And um, I'm just going to share something with you all personally here. This is me opening up and being a little bit vulnerable as well. My brother here, Matthew, has inspired me to stop using my credit card. And I can say that this year I was able to pay off my credit card debt and I cut that card up. And I shared as soon as I did that, I sent the picture to my family because for years, ever since I got that credit card, my brother said, don't do it. Don't do it. And, and, it, and I'm not saying I'm not against credit cards, but I knew that personally, I'm not I'm not in a place where I I want to even right. Get one right now. I had just put myself in this hole that I needed to get out of. And thanks to him and his encouragement, I was able to, you know, pay that off slowly and eventually, you know, cut that out. And I, I do have other student loan debt that I'm still working through, but I'm on, I'm just happy to know that. And I thank you for pushing me. You and Saba, you're my amazing sister in law, your wife. So thank you both. That'll do it for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. And I will be back with the next half of this podcast next week. Take care.